Hello and welcome to The View from the Ninian. I'm Scott Salter and how good does it feel to be recording this podcast after a win? It was a pretty dire run of form for Cardiff City. Three poor performances, three losses on the bounce. But they bounced back to form with a brilliant 2-0 win over West Ham on the weekend. I'm really excited today to be joined by two brilliant guests. I've got View from the Ninian's very own Beth and Phillips. Hi, Beth. Hi, Scott. And we're also joined by US Bluebird, Mark Minucci. Hi, Mark. Hey, Scott. Hi, Beth. Thanks for having me. Perfect. Thanks for joining us. Mark, I want to start with you. Look, we, we spoke just before uh, coming on here. It's been a crazy few days for you. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have seen uh, you and a couple of other US Bluebirds on social media. You travelled over for the game. Tell us a bit about your love for Cardiff City and how you came to support the club. Yeah, sure, Scott. You're right. It's been a, it's been a whirlwind couple of days and, and more so for my luggage. I think some people followed, started following my luggage on Twitter as well. Um, they did a stint in Amsterdam, of course. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I really do love Cardiff City. It's been six years that I've been following. I know uh, I know many of your listeners have been following for, honestly, their, their entire lives. But it's, uh, for six years I've been following since it started airing. Uh, the Premier League matches started airing more regularly in the U.S. And uh, I'm just really grateful that I get to see them again in the top flight. I had no... Uh, I didn't know how many years we'd spend in the championship, but uh, it's really, I'm really grateful to get to watch them uh, on TV again and uh, and in person, obviously. Yeah, and I'm sure lots, you know, the Premier League is is big in in America, but I'm sure a good percentage of fans, when choosing a team, went for your Liverpools, your Man United, your Arsenal's, Man City. You plucked for Cardiff, who who are underdogs in that season under Malky Mackay. What was it that attracted you to the club? Yeah, so first off, the underdogs is the number one thing I look for. I mean, that's that's just something I resonate with. I, I like the underdog story a lot. And, and you know, when you're picking a team, you know, it's, it's sort of like the Yankees in the U.S., right? Everyone says, okay, yeah, you're a Yankees fan. You know, congratulations. Uh, that must be really rough, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and to a large extent, it's true for the Red Sox, too. So in thinking about it, when I was just starting out fresh with the Premier League, I wanted to go to the complete other side, and I said, i got to find one of these newly promoted teams and it was between Hull and Palace and Cardiff City. And, and the more I read about Cardiff, the more I, I really liked it. You know, the um, the hate us, we don't care attitude. You know, and uh, <laughs> and it just it really it really spoke to me a lot. I just said, you know, I gotta I gotta see what more about that. And then I blogged about it for a year, and I wanted to. I was really interested in the rebrand storyline just to track that and see how it plays out. And now we know, of course, five six years later, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you know we're probably biased, but I think you made made a pretty good decision in who to support. <laughs> well, I was I wasn't sure at that after I watched uh, Palace stay up and Hull stay up. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Twentieth <laughs> uh, yeah. place out of twenty. It wasn't what I was expecting, but it, it wasn't. It certainly uh, prepared you for life as a Cardiff fan, to be to be fair. But onto the game on Saturday, we mentioned the a two nil win, and and Beth, what, what did you make of the game? Well, I mean, first and foremost, I really do have to say that it's it's real privilege to be on, on the podcast today with with yourself and of course Ma. Uh, I, I thought I had a long way to travel to to watch the Bluebirds, which is about a forty-five minute journey. And I think, do you know what? It's absolutely fantastic. I've I've also got another US Bluebird fan, Jess Thomas. I went to university with her, so a shout out to Jess as well. And I think just absolutely fantastic. So, like Scott said, good choice. Um, with Cardiff City and I'm just so glad that you were there to see the win on, on Saturday. It was 
huge three points, like you said, Scott. Uh, two, two goals, clean sheet. And uh, West Ham didn't seem to turn up, and we really capitalised on that. Three poor performances, three points, and, and, and we're still in it. Yeah, I, I've got a confession to make in that I I travel down, it takes me about an hour and 45 minutes to get to each game, and I actually missed the first goal, which which was gutting. Oh. As, I, as I walked into the stadium, I saw it go in on, on the screen, but, I mean, I've not got no excuse. I travel an hour and 45 minutes. Mark must have travelled... 10 12 hours or whatever it is and and he caught the first goal so i've got no excuse but <laughs> no 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 i had a 20 minute cab ride so you know, it was only it was only, from the hotel it was only 20 minutes so i had the shortest journey of anyone <laughs> so well mark, no 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 in, in the long scheme of things you you had you had the longest journey so mark come on don't don't, don't be humble now you've um, <laughs> you've you know, done fantastic and mark what, what were your thoughts on the game am i right in saying that was your first experience of the Cardiff city stadium yeah, well, first time in Wales. So, first time, um, Wales. For, first time at the stadium, of course. And honestly, I, I was kind of shocked at the West Ham team that showed up. I mean, I, I was really expecting a far better performance out of them, honestly. Uh, and they looked tired and disinterested, uh, to be honest. So I was really shocked at that. And, and you know, when the first goal went in, I mean, to, to show up at a match for your first uh, first time ever, to see a goal so quickly and, and in that form, uh, I was just blown away. When the second one went in, then it was... Uh, I just I couldn't believe what I was seeing in front of me, and then I was like, you know what? Uh, Southampton at the time was losing, I think, and I was like, whoa, we're going to be out of the relegation zone on the same day. So it was uh, it was just a, a fantastic, amazing experience. And, and my impression of the match is this team really has it in them to win the fight for to stay up. There, there was a moment in the game, I think, possibly just after we went two 0 up, and and the scores were were really going in our favour. So Southampton were losing, um, a couple of the others were losing as well. And then there was about a 10-minute period where I remember everyone around me was just checking their phones and, and, you know, because some people's phones are obviously quicker, the better signal. So someone behind saying Southampton are winning now, someone in front saying, no, no, they're they're still losing. And it seemed suddenly all these results were going against us and it was like, oh, God, such a high. But um, we, we did what we had to do, didn't we, you know? Regardless, and I think it's the case for the next eight games, we've got to concentrate on what we've got to do. That's all we can do. And um, Southampton, let's say, they, they got a great result. And I think they're probably out of it now. I think that it's between us us and Brighton. Uh, Burnley, sorry. Um, but, I mean, down to the game itself, some really, really impressive performances. And, and I, I want to hear a sec who, who, for you guys, stood out. But I want to give a shout-out to, to Sean Morrison, who I think really, really stood up when... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of criticism has gone his way recently, and particularly with Sol Bamber out for the season, there was a lot of fans that were worried. But but he really stepped up in this game, and and I was really impressed with him and, and how the whole back four actually actually played. But for you guys, who stood out? Who who was your man of the match in the game? For for me, Scott. I mean, I've always been a fan of Harry Arter, and you know, he was he was the maker of that of that second goal. He literally ran. I've seen some fantastic posts on Twitter, you know, with all these Duracell batteries, and he just did not stop running. I I think I should really say that I have been one of the critics of Sean Morrison this season. Uh, I have often questioned whether or not he has the ability in this league, but you were completely right in saying that he really stepped up, as did the whole team. It was a team performance. And I just want to really quickly come in on on what you said there, which is really poignant, actually, that people were checking their phones in this game. Now, if you look back at the previous Premier League season, we were down and out and, 
you know, there was no kind of, I guess, momentum and, and hope that we would stay up. The very fact that we are here now in March, Cardiff City, we're all checking our phones because we could actually have a chance of surviving in this Premier League season. I think it says a lot, not just about any individual player, but the team itself. And I think that kind of was encapsulated in the performance against West Ham. We were all together, solid team performances. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. Shout out to, to Sean Morrison and the back four. Yeah, I agree that Harry Arter was was brilliant as well. And uh, I tweeted after the game, and how many Weetabix does he have for breakfast? Because he <laughs> just keeps running. And, and my guess is a, is a family pack of 48. So uh, I think he's on it. Mark, what about you? Who who really caught your eye in your first experience at the Cardiff City Stadium? Well, Beth beat me to it. You didn't warn me, Scott, that there'd be a professional pundit on this line with me. <laughs> so, um, no, but uh, Arter was impressive. And... Uh, and I have to say, Niasse, even though he didn't get any uh, get a goal, I don't know. I just I really think he's almost there. And I was really impressed that uh, by some of his performance in the match too. So I would add that I was really pleasantly surprised that I didn't think we were that challenged in the match uh, defensively. I think um, I, I don't know the exact numbers on the number of attempts, but I, I I was just really pleasantly surprised for once that we weren't getting lit up. Uh, <laughs> yes, which, which yeah, was, yeah, it, it made it a little more relaxing. <laughs> Well, I mean, you mentioned there that, that we weren't particularly challenged that much. And, and West Ham, I've got a friend who's a West Ham fan, and I I tweeted him jokingly, you know, uh, taking, taking the mick a bit. But I genuinely said to him, the players for West Ham really didn't look that interested. It's like they thought that they could turn up and maybe put in 50% effort and roll Cardiff over. Um, but I yeah, think... Chicharito, Arnautovic, I, I didn't... I, honestly, they looked bored, and I, yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. understand I it. I agree. Yeah. yeah, and I think you know, even the likes of of Mark Noble, who who is you know usually someone that you rely on as West Ham fans rather to give hundred percent effort all the time, just didn't look up for the battle against Arta, who who you know put him under real pressure throughout the game and Declan Rice as well. But I mean, the possession stats are, are crazy. You know, Cardiff had I think twenty nine percent possession, which is ridiculous in the mm-hmm. Premier League, but still we're talking about not being under that much pressure, which I think shows just how good Cardiff were defensively. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm I'm quite interested as well. I mean, um, obviously, the view from the Indian have put out a few tweets earlier asking for uh, fellow fans' questions. And, and someone asked, and, and, and I just mentioned uh, Nias there, and the question was, how good a signing he's been for Cardiff? Now, Obviously, he did miss a few chances in the game, but you seem to be a fan, and uh, as do many other fans. So, you know, what, what's your opinion? He, he certainly worked hard, didn't he? Sorry, Scott, I'm kind of taking over no, here. No, no, great. Oh, I, I warned you, Scott. This is, it's, you brought a professional on the line. <laughs> it's, uh, no, you know what? At the end of the day, what matters is goals, right? Uh, goals, assists, mm-hmm. and, and we can say we like the guy, we like his pace, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, at the end of the day, he's, he's got to score the goals for us. So, I, but I do think that I like what I'm saying, and I, I think given that we still have what eight games left, I think mm-hmm. uh, I think that he's going to prove to be that deciding factor that keeps us up over mm-hmm. Burnley. I really, I, I really believe that. Yeah. Well, we had a year first, you know. So <laughs> I, I think I think he could be right. I really do. I think, in my view, I think he's he's been a great signing, and I think one of the things that I agree with Mark that that we have to judge strikers on on goals and assists, right? But one of the things to to remember, of course, is that Warnock had brought in Nias and Salah 
and it, it was Salah that was meant to come in and score the goals, whereas mm-hmm. Nias perhaps was meant to be that support role for him to create the chances. Um, obviously, we all know the tragic uh, story of mm-hmm. Salah. So, you know, suddenly all of that pressure to score the goals is on Nias, where perhaps that's not what he was in the team to do. Um, but I, I feel like it's a matter of he's getting in the opportunities, and, and once he scores one, I feel like it'll a few more will come. You know, I think he did that in, at Everton, where he didn't score for ages, and then he scored a, a few in in a few games. Um, but what I've been really impressed with Nias is when we were playing Patterson up front, um, we weren't stretching the opposition. We weren't getting runners in behind. And that's what Nias is so good at, particularly because we absorb a lot of pressure. I think that opposition fans we saw against Bournemouth and again against West Ham are leaving a lot of space in behind them. And Nias has got that pace to to penetrate and get in behind, which Patterson, for, for how great he did against uh, up front, sorry, that's not part of his game. So, so that's a real mm-hmm. good addition, I think. No, I, yeah, I, I, so I have a question. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. go on, Mark. Go on, Mark. No, no, I, I, I had a question actually because we can, we can also judge by who else was available on the market at the time when we got Nyase on loan, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was just flipping through the transfer records and I saw Gabbiadini left sent Southampton, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, is that someone who we would have taken instead, for instance? I don't know. I mean, obviously, Gabbiadini didn't didn't have a great record at, at Southampton. Um, so, but you know, Warnock does have a, a sort of proven track record of getting the best out of players, and, and maybe he would have. And the Southampton striker I would have taken that that we were linked to late on was Charlie Austin, who I think would have been yeah. would have been a great uh, a great addition. Um, so to... I actually, so I looked this up, right? So seven appearances for Niasse, right? Zero goals, zero assists, seven appearances for Gabbiadini, five appearances, two goals uh, for his new club. Okay. Now it's easy to say hindsight's twenty twenty, right? It's, it's, it looks, you know, like a genius move, but it'll be interesting to compare those two. And uh, well, you're right. If we could have had Austin, that would have been great. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely. But I, I think as well that, you know, if you look at where Cardiff and Southampton have been in the league so far this season, would you want to sell one of your better players or a player that could score goals to potentially one of your relegation rivals? And I think. You know, there were there were some really sound uh, suggestions when it came to the transfer market, but thinking about it, I wouldn't want to sell a good player to a relegation rival, and, and perhaps that might have had an influence because Charlie Austin, I, I would have loved to see see him at um, the Cardiff City Stadium. I think uh, when when he did that Park Life uh, interview, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, well, it went viral. You know, that that was fantastic, but. Um, but yeah, he was he was kind of that player that uh, again, Jermaine Defoe was uh, someone that was linked with us, or uh, or fans wanted to see come come to the city. Um, but I guess it was always going to be difficult for a Southampton player. I, I see I see where you're coming from, uh, Mark. You know, but um, I I guess from that point of view, maybe we were never going to be linked with that type, uh, you know, of opposition player. Yeah, yeah. I suppose if you keep. If he his goals kept us up and so that went mm. down, their fans would be refuming, wouldn't they? Mm. And likewise, we would if if you know yes. we sold them Ken Zahor and he scored the goals, skip them up. Um, but one one addition that that has stood out throughout the season and, and created so many good opportunities is is Victor Camarasa and mm-hmm. um, key part in in both goals and the first goal when I did get to watch it on the screen running into the stadium. <laughs> 
that running with the ball and and he he slows the play down, which is which is so good. And I think we miss that when he's not in the team. Um, and there was one moment where he just he, he takes the time just to roll his studs over the ball mid mid flight almost. Um, Leicester is, City, what a goal! What yeah, a goal! That was great as well. And and Ben James uh, wrote an article for our site today about it was a love letter to Victor Camaras's right foot, and and there was one <laughs> one one line in there that stood out for me, and it said, "Come what may, this is Victor's world, and we all just living in it." And I think I think that's spot on. And he's such an important player, isn't he, Mark? And you know whether we stay up or or go down, I've got little doubt that he'll be a Premier League player next year. Oh, he's fantastic! Yeah, absolutely. Mm. He's one, yeah, of, think... one of the few players that has that quality, isn't he? Yeah, uh, he's Premier yeah. League quality for sure. He really is, isn't he? I, I, I wish that um, I knew who tweeted it. I did see a tweet um, that he is on the ball. And he is the most comfortable, and he is the most. He he has that Premier League class, and obviously we're all, we're a very resilient team and. We've got to keep fighting, but he he is kind of that that player that really has the confidence in this league. And I think you're right, Scott. I think um, there will be a few Premier League clubs hovering over and um, keeping an eye on him. Yeah, yeah, I can see him fitting quite well into that into that Wolves team or or someone of that stature. And um, I mean, hopefully we stay up, and hopefully he stays in in Cardiff. He seems to to enjoy the era I saw on his Instagram earlier he was he was in in the city buying some Spanish meats uh, so you know he, he certainly, <laughs> certainly enjoying it and, and seems to have settled down and I think his his goal actually shows that he's not all just about you know the quality and the flair and that you know he really had to throw himself at, at Fabianski to sort of fumble the ball over the line and um, you know it shows how committed and, and how brave a player he is actually as well as being quality. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of them. It's almost like a striker's goal in the sense that it's it's not always about how good the finish is. You're just there in the right place, and that's where he was. And you know, two nil, Cardiff City, and fantastic. Yeah, if you show me a video of that goal with the the face the face blurred out and asked me to guess which Cardiff player it would be, I would have said it was Callum Patterson. That's exactly the type of goal he would <laughs> score, just bundling it over the line, isn't it? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, Mark, who, who do you reckon if it was blurred out? I don't know. I think I think you're right. I think you're right there, Scott. I think that's his type of goal. Yeah, it's hard for me to say. I I, I think uh, I was so in the moment, and uh, I, I wasn't thinking about who who I would swap in and out if it was blurred <laughs> out. I had to go back and watch the video. Honestly, I have to go back and watch the video to see. And Mark, obviously. We saw. I saw the video of um, you before game. You got to meet the two Neils, Warnock and, and Etheridge, and and what was that like for you? And, and what did they say to you? So, so Etheridge actually is my favorite player currently. It was uh, it was Pilkington. I uh, unfortunately he's uh, he's left the club, but uh, but Etheridge is, is is my current favorite player. So that was just amazing to to get the chance to meet him. Really genuine. He didn't have to spend any time with me, but he did, and uh, I really appreciated the opportunity to meet him. Was that chance um, that it was him that you met, or, or did they ask you who your favorite player was? <laughs> they they actually asked me. I was I was talking to the club about how we can grow the you know grow the club influence and brand in the U.S. And yeah. you know I've had a couple emails before coming on this trip with the club trying to say, hey, you know you have a huge fan base in the U.S. I mean, not huge by Man City standards, obviously, but but they exist, you know. Yeah. 
and and so we were going back and forth and and i had mentioned that uh, neil etheridge was on uh you know was someone i'd really love the opportunity to meet if they were if they if there's any chance of that but uh neil warnock actually said something funny to me he said uh i, I said wow i'm really I'm, uh, pleased to meet you here and he said something like you know i hope uh you know uh i hope you're a good luck charm <laughs> and i said i don't want that I don't want that responsibility on me, Neil. And he said, well, you know, if they lose, normally people just blame me if they lose, but maybe they'll blame you today. <laughs> so, so, so I thought it was really funny. His, uh, his sense of humor was fantastic. So meeting the Neils was, was just really a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience for me. Yeah, f- fantastic. And uh, something that, that everyone, every Cardiff fan dreams of. And, and Beth, you've been uh, this week in, in the new season ticket campaign, haven't you? With um, did you? Did you meet Etheridge then, or was that a separate shoot? Oh, there no, it was, it was a separate shoot, but obviously I'm uh, I'm incredibly jealous because you know, likewise, uh, he's a fantastic player for Cardiff, and I'm I'm so happy that you've been able to to come down not only to show your support, Matt, but also to meet the manager and the players because that's what it's all about. This city is one here at, at Cardiff City, and it's just fantastic. We, to be honest, we've all been following your journey. Um, I, I've seen it all over Twitter the, over the last uh, few days, and you are a luck, luck charm now. So you need to come. No. You need to come down no. for all of the home games. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I need. I need to never come back. So my record stays perfect, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Never attempt. I like that. One, one for one. But what I was really hoping, though, is um, you know, part of this, like I said, I've been talking to the club offline for actually several years now. This isn't a randomly I show up one day thing, and I've been talking to the club for several years. You know, how can we get attention in the U.S.? Can we get attention? Really, what I'd love to see is a friendly. You know, to have Cardiff come out, you know, in the off season and do a friendly against one of the MLS teams, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, maybe in in Boston or Philadelphia or D.C. or New York. Just I I think it would be fantastic for the brand for growing the club, and that's something I've been really nagging the club about and i think they just got annoyed enough and figured i'd go away if uh if i showed up finally <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna come in you know and i'm if you could have one team so let, let's let's kind of set the scene now it's uh you believe at cardiff city in um friendly against an mls team what team would it be well selfishly i it would be the new england revolution of course because i live outside of boston um, and I'm originally from Philadelphia, so the Union, of course, would be my second choice. But, but honestly, if we're talking about growing the growing the the club, I mean, if you want to hit as many people as possible, any of the East Northeast teams, right? Um, any of the New York mm-hmm. teams, the uh, in DC United, for instance, or Philadelphia Union or Rebs, any of those teams would be fantastic to grow the the fan base on the, in the Northeast and mm-hmm. and really create a market that okay, this, these fans will travel and they will travel because guess what? It's actually faster. Oh, notionally faster to get to Cardiff uh, than it is to go to LA it's a five hour you know five hours in time but you need to lay over in Dublin of wow. course yeah that's crazy <laughs> listen there's eight games left of the season we talked about how how important uh that win has been and Saturday there's no game um Brighton we, we were supposed to play Brighton but they're still in the FA Cup so it's been moved the date's still to be confirmed but Burnley Newcastle Fulham and Huddersfield are all playing this weekend so um particularly Burnley and Newcastle we could see a gap opening up there um ahead of our next game which is in three weeks time against Chelsea at home on the 31st and, and then we travel to Man City before Burnley away on the 13th of April three huge games aren't there I think we're all realistic mm-hmm. we all know that Chelsea, Man City, probably not going to get anything. Anything is a complete bonus, isn't it, in that game? But Burnley, that's that that could be the season relegation decider, couldn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we have yeah. we we have four winnable games. I mean, in the next eight, and I think that puts us ahead of ahead of Burnley. I mean, but it's going to be it, it's it, we have to control our own destiny. We have to win out. I mean, it's it, and you have to have that mindset. I think that there aren't you know it, we're not looking for a, a draw or a low low level loss. You know, we, every game we have to try to win. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how Warnock sets up against Chelsea and Man City because I think against some of the bigger teams earlier on the season he's almost seen it as a free hit in that um, you know he's set up fairly attacking, not set up to sit deep and and really frustrate as we would have expected. But now that we're really at the business end, it'll be interesting to see if he takes that approach with the hope of frustrating and nicking something rather than thinking this is a free hit, let's just go for it. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, if if you look at Chelsea, we've got at home, and um, now it wasn't. They didn't. I don't think they deserved that point against Wolves. Obviously, um, they nicked it in in the last few minutes, and that's what the big teams do. But they're not really in the most confident of setups uh, at the minute. And I think, as we've seen so far this season, this league is clinical, and if we want to survive. We need to be making sure that if a team is looking vulnerable, I'm not saying that we've got the talent that um, that Chelsea might have or, or the money that Chelsea might have, but they're not in a good nick of form. They come into the Cardiff City Stadium. We know that we can make our ground a fortress and we really have to keep that momentum. And um, in terms of the, the, the other teams, I've, I've got to give a shout out to my uncle Ian. He is a Burnley fan and... Um, we keep messaging each other, and my gran is trying to separate arguments uh, because it is it, it is looking like it's between us guys. Uh, and I still think that that Burnley win at the Cardiff City Stadium earlier on in the season was we knew it was a massive victory for them at the time, and I think that might come and bite us towards the end of the season. But Brighton, Burnley, uh, and Fulham away from home. As 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 Mark said, you know, there, there, there's games for the remainder of the season that we can really look at getting points. But Chelsea, they're on the ropes, and I think we should really capitalise on that. Like you said, Scott, don't set up too defensively. I think we should really give it a go. Um, and I, I think I I don't know your guys' uh, opinion on this because there's been a, a great amount of debate um, from Cardiff fans now. There were, uh, you know, the, the games where the defensive setup ha- had done well in, in games, and, and Warnock changed that. Fans don't know if that should have happened. Now we've got a three-week gap now. That's 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 quite a big, big gap in terms of no games being played. So what what do you guys think in terms of the setup? Do you think Warnock should stick with it or change it up? Well, what do you think? I think defensively he's not really got a choice um so so he I, I expect he will stick with that and and the midfield three i think again pick themselves it's what he does on the wings that, that that's the most interesting will patterson come in for murphy bringing that more sort of defensive solidity and and um you know junior hoy i suspect will keep his place on the other on the other side because he is pretty good defensively um but one of the things that i think that maybe he needs to change in in these next couple of games against Chelsea Liverpool and Man City is is his man marking and you know we've seen mm. players following you know Joe Be- Joe Bennett following the right winger all the way back to to the opposite side of the pitch because they're man marking and 
and it works well against some teams and it worked well against West Ham, I think, but against the likes of Man City and, and Liverpool with, you know, world-class talent who who yeah, the yeah. movement is out of this world, I think we'll just get picked apart. So that's what I'd like to see him abandon. <laughs> but he's stuck by it all season. So so, so I'm not sure. And, and Mark, I'm not sure what, what your view on that is and, and what you would change. Yeah, you know what? I'm on, I'm on the other side where I, I, I think at this point, goal differential doesn't matter. And and I think, you know, the teams like Chelsea, Liverpool that we have to play, obviously Man City, Man United, you know, sitting back won't make a difference here. I mean, it's it's not. And and I think it's 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 uh, a situation where we have to be bold, be aggressive, and you know, maybe I'm biased in that situation in that sense. But I think I like an attacking lineup, and and I don't think being defensive at this time in the season is going to help us. Um, I agree. I I agree entirely with that. Actually, I think you're right there, Mark. We got we got to if if we're in it to survive, then we need that. Um, resilience and that attacking mentality so yeah I, yep. I like that I actually don't know what the goal differential is with Burnley right now what is it uh well I think just looking now it's it's certainly better than Southampton so we're on minus 30 Burnley minus 23 23 yep. Southampton minus 16 so although there's seven goals in it, it it's certainly more achievable considering that they've got to play I think four of the top six as well um maybe five even so you know they're going to concede goals as well. So it, mm. who knows how yeah, it's going to go? Yeah, and... we're not going to make up fourteen uh, fourteen goal difference in this in the rest of this time. I mean, at least I don't think so. I mean, but even seven goals to make up a seven goal differential against Burnley, this is going to be challenging. So I, I think it's not on goal differential that we're going to stay up this season. It's it's only by well, winning. Like, I I I hope not because I got to be honest. One of the worst memories of my Cardiff City. You know, uh, supporting the Bluebirds was when we missed out on the playoffs by goal difference, and we had recently lost to Preston. I, I can't remember the exact figure, but we had lost by a, definitely five, five goals or, or something like that. So I really hope that goal difference doesn't determine this season because it's it's not nice feeling. So we got to win, like you said, Mark. We we got to get them points, and um, and we we've got to focus on ourselves. I think that's that's the for me personally, and uh, I, I know I'm coming in again by here, but I, I, I said consistently throughout the season that if we make it to Christmas and we are still at the races, then I would be happy. And I cannot believe that it is now March and we are still at the races. Now, we have to focus on ourselves, but I think whatever happens, we should be proud of the fact. Chris Sutton, I don't think he'll be listening, but, you know, there we are. Um, we are, we are still at the races. And, I mean... Like we said, we're still checking our phones on the weekend. And this is what it's about. It's about having a competitive season coming together. And it's now about keeping the faith and fingers crossed for the Bluebirds. Yeah. So actually, I, I have a question for you guys. I don't know if, uh, if, I, if I'm allowed to put one in there for you. Yeah, go but for with, it. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, with eight games left, right? So I am here representing U.S. Bluebirds, right? So what, what would you say to someone who's tuning in now and to watch the relegation race perhaps maybe there's some their team somewhere in the middle and they you know or, or they don't have a team and they're just jumping on now what 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 is there for them to why why do you two say they should jump in and watch Cardiff City at the risk of them being uh, relegated why should they jump in at this point you know yeah i think i think more than anything is um it's exciting in you know a title race or a top four finish is great but you know there really is everything to play for in a relegation fight and and I think 
whilst this Carlos side might lack quality, although I think there's more quality there than people give them uh, credit for, it's a team that that fights for the clubs and fights for the fans. And I think for any prospective new fan in, in America or, or anywhere else, seeing that passion and that, that fight and the togetherness between the club and the fans um, is is amazing and to me that that would be a draw and you know the other thing is, is we're a little bit different in being being a Welsh club playing in the English Premier League so um, I think Cardiff Cardiff should be the choice of every American Premier League fan <laughs> <laughs> you know there's actually I, I, I love- quite, quite a large uh, Swansea fan base over the past uh, oh. year some of them were giving me stick because uh, uh, they were recently discovering our, our, our fan group and they said oh isn't that cute there's a there's a Cardiff fan group but you guys are sitting in the championship they actually said that to me two years ago <laughs> um which I take some some great pride in now to, to I, I hope they're enjoying their large support in the championship shout out now. to those fans <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no I I think you know it's, it's, it's fantastic and, and you know Scott you mentioned a, a really good point there and for me personally I think if you look back at the last few years of Cardiff City Football Club uh, we've always been an exciting team to follow. We've always been there or thereabouts in recent years getting to the Premier League. We then had a lot of off-the-field drama uh, with with the rebrand. But as Scott mentioned, it's City has won this year. And I think the resilience that we've shown as a club, I think, we, to be honest, we even got promoted in the most Cardiff City way last season. We relied on Gary Monks. Shout out to those Swansea fans. Gary Monks, Birmingham beating Fulham to get us up into second place to get promoted to the Premier League. Now, we've always left it last minute and sometimes, you know, we make it difficult for ourselves, but we're an exciting club. We're capital city of Wales um, and, you know, it's it's just great to hear that we've got some, uh, well, you know, some some US Bluebirds fans and thank you, I I should say, Diolchenbauer, thank you. Mark, you know, it's, uh, it's fantastic that you're representing the Bluebirds and I'm just really pleased that uh, you wanted to spread our message. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really good. Yeah, and actually, I, I, I'd like to share this with you. So, on, I mean, I, I speak regularly. There's between 50 and 100 people on Twitter in the U.S. who follow Cardiff, but I was talking to the club and, and the number's actually at least 2,000, maybe more, that are registered with the club uh, of U.S. fans. And, and maybe, again, maybe those aren't huge numbers, but it's not about me. It's it's there's there are uh, there is a big fan base in the U.S. for Cardiff, and and actually one thing you made me think of Beth is this is not the same club I started following in 2013-14 season. This club is mm-hmm. completely transformed. All right, there's none of the turmoil. Mm-hmm. There's none of the the financial difficulties aren't there. The the attitude's different. This this is this is almost like a new club in some ways, and 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 I hope you take that in the best way that. Um, it's a transformed team from the team I started following in 2013-14 with all the drama and the. It, it's just a completely different atmosphere now, and it, for all the best reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. That, that's great to hear. And and guys, I'll wrap it up there. And, and I just want to say thanks, thanks again to both of you for for joining on. Beth, uh, of course, our views from the union contributor, and uh, Mark, uh, you know, flying the flag out in the US for for Cardiff City, and hopefully, you know, we can all agree on on a great end to the season and hopefully the Bluebirds start off relegation and, and just to end Mark where can people find you on Twitter yeah so it's at Mark P-H-L-B-O-S and uh, if I can ask people to take a look at at US Bluebirds one word that, uh, that's the our supporters group we'd love to hear from people you know uh, who want to talk to US fans and grow the game and uh, grow the club brand 
Yeah, great. And Beth, what about you? Where are you on Twitter? Uh, it's it's Beth Phil with with an underscore uh, double L in Phil. And I think as well we should also very quickly just give a shout out. Mark, Mark who who designed that uh, fantastic badge for the US Bluebirds? Um, uh, Dean Rude. I think we should also shout. Dean Rude. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic, fantastic design. Um, and uh, you know, speak on behalf of all of us that uh, you know, thanks for the support, and it's fantastic to see all all, all of that support from the US. So, um, I think you're going to be seeing. We can I find think, You'll be seeing more of us soon. So right? I'm very confident. Perfect. Yeah, yeah we, we look definitely. forward to it. Perfect. Well, guys. Um, Scott, Scott, where where can we find you on Twitter? Come on, Scott. Uh, You've been course, a fantastic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm at, at Scott uh, SLTR um, and of course you can get View from the Ninian at VFT Ninian and, and guys thank you very much and come on City Thank you for listening to View from the Ninian we're for fans by fans you can catch more like this at viewfromtheninian.com we're also on Facebook and Twitter so make sure you check us out come on City Hello and welcome to The View from the Ninian. I'm Scott Salter and today we're looking forward to Cardiff City's next two games on Sunday against Chelsea and on Wednesday away to Manchester City. Two really tough games but it's the business end of the season and any points we can pick up are valuable. We're looking forward to the games today with Cardiff City's fan Ben Johnsey and we get the Manchester City view from the Blue Moon podcast. Enjoy. Enjoy.